What's up, Mama Meets World listeners? The time is ticking down. Today, uh, we are in December. We are rolling up the last little piece of 2019. And I am actually so excited because the start of 2020 means that we are going to be even closer to our live show in Atlanta, Georgia. So the show, again, is going to be at Rehearse Live in Atlanta on February the 29th, Leap Day. Come on down to Atlanta. Have some Leap Day shenanigans with your girls. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to make this a mom's night out. I know Candace uh, is going to be there uh, of the Flawless Noises Network. She is a blast to hang out with. I'm a blast to hang out with. I promise you, you spend your $20 for your ticket, you're going to have a good ass time. You're also going to get to kick your feet up, enjoy myself, a live energy reading with Gangsta Gurry, and also a live recording of Ratchet Ramblings with Trilifisa, aka Curtis, Candace, and Jeremy being their regular raggedy selves. You are going to have a great time. Uh, like I said, go ahead and get your tickets. It is $25 guarantees you having a good time. So $25. Don't ask me for the hookup because uh, sis ain't got it. But I would really, really appreciate you supporting not just myself, not just Ratchet Ramblings, but a black queer owned um, podcast network. Supporting Flawless Noises is really a vote and a support for marginalized voices trying to speak up and have our say in the world. So I would really appreciate if you go look into them tickets. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. I'm always around. I look forward to seeing y'all. I am above excited about getting to meet my listeners live. There are some people that I've interacted with on Twitter, uh, but even before I started this podcast for years, and I'm really, really looking forward to just hanging out with y'all and meeting y'all. I might even buy you a drink. You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. On this episode, we are talking about being a Black-ass mama in white-ass spaces. As a reminder, when you are tweeting about the show or Instagramming about the show or however you're communicating about the show, make sure you're using the hashtag MamaMeetsPod when you're posting about the show so that I can easily locate your comments. I love just kind of checking on them throughout the week. It really makes me happy. Um, I love interacting with you. My um, personal pages are Brie Tastical on Instagram, at underscore it's Miss Brie on Twitter. And of course, you can follow the show. Twitter is Mama Meets Pod. Instagram is Mama Meets World Pod. My Facebook page is Mama Meets World Podcast. And my email address is Mama Meets World Pod at gmail.com. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, Thank you so much for allowing me to take a couple of weeks off last week. Jameson, I do appreciate you and all that you are and being my son and also my official spokesperson. It's so hilarious because I was like um, about to record the show. I was having problems with my computer and I was frustrated and Jameson came and sat on my lap and he was like, mom, you're not doing your podcast? And I said, baby, you know, my mommy's computer is broken. All I have is my phone. And he was like, um, oh, so you're not doing your podcast. And he was so sad about it. And I was like, Jameson, do you want to help me tell my listeners that we're not doing a podcast? He completely took over. So he knows the terms like subscribe and all that because he's a YouTube fiend, just like most kids his age. He's four. Um, he is convinced that he needs an Instagram page and a YouTube page. 
And the way I see some of these uh, YouTube pages taking off, I'm about to give him one. Ryan's Toy Playhouse. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Jameson absolutely loves it. And it's a little boy doing tour reviews and going to play places and such and just giving his review and just playing. That boy has made millions of dollars doing that. I ain't got no problem being the mama behind my working son. But anyway, I appreciate you giving me the grace to have a couple of weeks off. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday. We are going to be coming to you on this episode. We'll be coming out on December the 5th. So we're winding it up and winding it down at the same time. So wind it up for the holidays, wind it down this year, this decade. Um, it's actually really funny because I I try to set my intentions at the beginning of the year and the end of the year and kind of match them up and see how I did. But this year is different because we're at the end of a decade. And I was talking to my good friend, April, and telling her, like, damn, like, I've known my friends like the friends that I'm closest to and talk to for the better part of this decade or for the majority of this decade. And now we're rolling into a new decade together. And I think that's some magical shit. And I'm going to do some intentions about keeping my friendship strong for the next decade and the next decade and the next decade, because that's who holds me up. Um, so today's show is a little freestyle. And I'm going to tell you why. I had a whole nother show planned out, but y'all are going to have to wait for that show because something has burned my grits and I ramble and I'm going to let myself ramble today. Um, again, I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I hope it was full of love and light and family and turkey. And I hope your damn leftovers are in the trash where they belong. Don't be ridiculous. Um, so. Here we go. Let me take a deep breath because I this is under my skin. So Jaden is 13. Jamison is four. I had Jaden when I was 22, as most of you know. Um, I lived in Cary or lived in Cary for the majority of Jaden's life. When I didn't live in Cary, I live in, lived in Raleigh. Cary is just a suburb of Raleigh. Jaden has always gone to predominantly white schools. Not necessarily because that's the way I've mapped it, but it's just the way that it's happened. So Jaden was at a daycare that was an all-black daycare from the time she was six weeks until the time she was about one and a half. Uh, it was in a part of Raleigh that's pretty traffic heavy. So when I moved, it didn't make sense to keep her there. Um, my grandmother was so gracious enough to volunteer to keep her from like that one, one year old block, uh, or one and a half to about two and a half. Unfortunately, I lost my job. So I was home with Jaden for like almost a year, not just because I lost my job. I should say I lost my job because Jaden had a seizure disorder and I was trying to take care of her. When Jaden went back to school, I was able to get her into a program called More at Four. So More at Four in North Carolina is for low-income people, or, I mean, it's moderately low-income, so you don't have to be the brokest of the broke, but you don't, like, you can still have money and qualify for More at Four. It's a way to ensure that all preschoolers uh, or all kids going into kindergarten have some kind of preschool experience so that they're not completely lost when they get into kindergarten. For me, it was a way for Jaden to have some daycare experience and also pick up some experience and learn some things that she was going to need to learn to be in kindergarten. So it's um, 
based off of where you live or where you work. So at the time I was working at this law firm downtown, that was very short lived. But the school that they ended up assigning her to was called the Jordan School. The Jordan School um, is a very prestigious preschool here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm going to say it like this. Before you listen to me about my gripes, listen to this first. I would recommend the Jordan Preschool to anybody because Jaden grew academically in leaps and bounds from the child that I dropped off there to the child that graduated uh, preschool there. Jaden was a completely different child academically. The thing that I credit them with, Jaden is super mature and she looks at things from an analytical aspect, even at 13, based off of what she got at that school because they didn't just tell them what to do. They gave them the space to be problem solvers. They gave them the space to navigate. It was um, almost halfway a Montessori school, but they had more structure because, again, the goal was to get them ready for kindergarten. So imagine me in my mid-20s. Uh, so how old was I? When Jaden was four, I was 25. Yes, I had to count on my fingers. No, I don't care that you know that. I was 25 years old. Um, I don't have, I didn't have the consciousness that I have now because I got to be naive. Like I grew up in the South. I know what race is. I understand what racism is, but there's this spot in between that now we have a name for, or now I can call the name to where you're not sure if people are being racist, but you don't feel like things are right. So case in point, I took Jaden to her first day of pre-K. She had on a Broby book bag. I cannot call the name of that show, but it was the show with the little dancing monsters and Yo Gabba Gabba was the name of the show. It was her favorite shit in the world. She had a Yo Gabba Gabba book bag on. She had on this little pink shirt, tutu, and a pair of gray tights. I can literally see her in my head right now. Two pigtails in her head, beautiful bow. Um, I was so proud. I wanted her to look so nice because of course I'm conscious that she's going to school in this very white area. Um, she was able to get an opportunity scholarship on top of her just being placed there. So I paid nothing for her to go there except for the after school fees because I was working again. And I think they, they made you pay for the time because the preschool ran from like eight to three. And they made you pay for three to five, like out of pocket. But the amount of money that I was paying was minimal. It was about $20 a day. So $100 a week, which is nothing in childcare, honestly. When you're talking about people charging $225, $230 a week. I had a feeling um, in me. And I still remember this nervous, scared feeling of, when I walk through the door, am I going to be the only black mom? And sure enough, when I walked through the door, I was the only black mom. Now, Jaden wasn't the only black child because there were a couple of biracial kids. But I know the makeup of the biracial children was that their mothers were white and their fathers were black. So I wasn't uncomfortable because I was always taught that your comfort level is not as important as your child's comfort level. So as long as Jaden was functioning, happy, you know, thriving at the school, it didn't matter how I felt, how insecure I was about not 
truly belonging there. I'll say that because, you know, I know I didn't make the money that people that were paying straight prices to go to Jordan school made. I know that I don't, I didn't have it like that. So I was a little insecure. So at first we were all good. Um, we didn't have our first incident until we got a co-teacher. So the co-teachers at the school, because it was a teaching school also. So the teacher would come, the co-teacher would come from a college. They'd be in their last year of education major. They would come shadow the classroom and kind of learn the ins and outs from the, the preschool teacher and get that experience as an internship um, from the, the Jordan school. So this co-teacher started, we got a, a email about it. Hey, the co-teacher starting and blah, 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 and make sure you make her feel welcome and say hey to her. You know, she'll be interacting with your child. So I made a note in my head like, hey, you know, I'm going to say hey to her. I'm going to be friendly to her. I will never forget her name was Megan. So I walk in the school and drop Jaden off and I'm holding her hand and I go put her stuff in her cubby and I give her a kiss and I send her on and I said a quick hello to her. She was like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I say, Megan, I'm Jaden's mom. And she was like, okay, great. You know, I'm looking forward to working with her, blah, 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 this and that. And I'm excited, you know, like I want my kid to have the best. This girl was bright, obviously, and she was really eager and, and ready to, to work with the kids. Me and Megan had a good relationship until. So it was the holiday season around the time that it is now. Now, even though I needed help paying for school, I need to help paying for that school because the price of childcare is ridiculously fucking expensive. Not because I was desolate. I was poor, but I wasn't indigent. Um, I had a nice place to stay. I wasn't behind on my bills. I was making it. I was doing good. So that particular day, close to the holidays, I walked in to Jaden's school and I go pick her stuff up. And I notice in her cubby, there's a bag and a note. Um, I'm like, hmm, what is this? It was a brown paper bag. I opened it. It's canned food, y'all. It was a bag full of fucking peas and carrots and, and corn and shit. And the, the note was from Megan and it said, I understand that this is a hard time of year for some of our parents. So I wanted to make sure that I gave you something special so that you guys wouldn't be hungry this holiday season. Bitch, what the fuck would make you think that I'm going hungry? Like, so me being me. I, I step back. I look at the other cubbies. I was, I had picked Jaden up early. So all the other kids were, they were all on the playground and everybody was, I peeked out the window. Everybody's there. There's not another fucking bag <laughs> and all the cubbies. So I'm looking at people's cubbies and shit. Like I can't be the only one who got it. Y'all, when I tell you, they walked back in from the playground. Megan gave me the wink like, Hey, you know, I did that for you. It's okay. I have never been more fucking mortified and embarrassed in my life. So me being young and stupid, I go to her. I slam the canned foods on her desk and I said, we are not fucking hungry, girl. Like, please, we may not have everything, but you have never seen Jaden come in here dirty or missing anything. She has a coat when it's cold outside. Her hair is always done. She has nice shoes on her feet. What would make you think that we going hungry? I'd appreciate if you stay the fuck out my business. Now, yes, I did say this in front of the other teacher. 
Yes, I do regret it a little bit now as a grown because, you know, Jaden still had to go to that school. And I know that teacher felt some kind of way. I know that she probably had her best interest in mind, but it felt wrong to me. Here I am, the only black ass mama here in this white ass space with these lily white teachers. And this teacher is giving me a, a bag of canned foods like, here you go, poor black woman. This is so you could feed your child canned corn over the holidays when they're not in school and she's not getting a hot lunch. So that was like one of my first experiences with being uncomfortable, but baby, it would not be my last. So Jaden graduates from the Jordan School and now she's in kindergarten. Jaden went to Farmington Woods Kindergarten and Carrie, uh, Farmington Woods Elementary School in Cary, North Carolina. I'm safe to say that because she's no longer there. Uh, FWES was a great school. It's a magnet school. It's a technology magnet school. Um, in the state of North Carolina, they have these things called magnet schools. So they have the regular school, and they have the magnet school. The magnet schools focus on a specific specialty, like there are technology, there are art, there are computer magnet schools, there are science magnet schools. This happened to be a technology magnet school um, in an international baccalaureate school. I knew this was a good school. I knew it was. You go on the ratings.com for the schools and you see that it's up there, you know, ranked at five out of five stars, one of the top schools in North Carolina. And I was really excited about Jaden going. Once again, we walk in her kindergarten class. Jaden is one of two brown faces. And it would be like this. Jaden never had a black teacher the whole time she was in elementary school. We had these moments where I felt so uncomfortable and so out of place because there was no diversity. People talk all the time about diversity as this hot token item. Like, we need diversity. We need diversity. Now, North Carolina attempted to have diversity by busing kids all over the place or whatever. But what would happen is they would bus the rich kids to the better school. And the poorer kids still got left behind at the other schools. Like, so we're at Farmington Woods. I cannot tell you how many times. I felt out of place, but I tried to quiet myself again because it's more important that Jaden's comfortable than I'm comfortable until we had a good role until we got to second grade. And I never forget this bitch's name. Her name was Miss Kid. Miss Kid did everything to make Jaden miserable. Uh, Miss Kid was nasty and mean. She told my child to her face she couldn't read to the point where I asked to switch to a new teacher because I can't just switch schools because this is the school that I'm zoned to. Um, this kid was a, a white lady and I asked her finally, I'm like, do you have a problem with my black child being in your class? Uh, I am not a racist. Of course, that's the first thing they say. But I knew from the moment Jaden was there with her bright eyes and her, her little nappy pigtails that this woman was uncomfortable because this is not the type of child that she's used to teaching. And Jaden is remarkably bright. And I think it made her uncomfortable. So I finally literally had to call up my Calvary, which in my case is my best friend, April. April has been a public school teacher in kindergarten for the past, at that time, at least eight years. Now it's like we ended the 13th year or something crazy. Um, but I had to take her to a parent-teacher conference to let her know that, A, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. B, I'm not fucking around because she threatened to fail Jaden over some bullshit. So I had my best friend review all the paperwork for a conference and I had her come to the conference and talk to the teacher with me. Well, mostly she did most of the talking and she basically scared the batshit out of that woman uh, when she started coming with these points saying, you know, I don't feel like Jaden's reading to grade level. 
Oh, April opened the book and said, well, tell me what level she's at. What are the interventions that you've tried with her? What was this? What was that? Did you do this? Did you do that? April got that woman so wrapped around herself that that woman may say shit to me for the rest of the year. So that was my big experience in Farmington Woods until we got to the fourth grade. Now, fourth grade is different because it wasn't just me noticing, okay, I'm a very black woman in a very white space. Fourth grade was the first time Jaden asked me, mommy, why are there no brown kids in my class? Like, it's just me and Ashanti, or it's just me and Jaden boy, or it's just me and blah, blah, blah. But it's never a black teacher. And it's never more than one or two black kids in my class. So I told her, I'm like, you know, look at the area we live in, Jaden. Like, not to say that it's right, but we go to the store, we don't see many brown people. We just don't live in a very brown area. Jaden was devastated. This also happened to be the year, uh, her fourth grade year, that her teacher called her too confident because Jaden knew that she was smart and Jaden knows that she's smart and she's been taught to hang her, hold her head high. She's been taught to go about things certain ways because she should be proud of her work. And this woman turned around and tried to undo all my work by telling Jaden that she was too confident and she had the nerve to write it on a report card. Do you know I flamed her ass up so bad? That was when I let go of that. Be respectable. You're in this very white space. You know, you don't want to cause any problems. You don't want to be the angry black woman. And that was the day that I decided it is more important to me that Jaden see me take up for her than for her to see me kind of soak back because I don't want to make things quote unquote hard for her. So Jaden got out of that school. We've been doing pretty good in her middle school because it's more mixed because, you know, the elementary schools are there are a lot more elementary schools than there are middle schools because the class sizes are able to be bigger. So there's more diversity. And I feel like Jaden has thrived in more diversity. She has black homegirls, y'all. Like that makes me so happy that they be talking about braiding hair and, and, and joking with each other. It just, it makes my heart happy. But now here's the kicker. So I decided to have another kid when my kid was nine. I got to go through this shit all over again. And this is what prompted this episode, right? As you know, if you've been following the podcast for a while, Jameson had a birth defect to Laringo Malaysia that kind of put him a little bit behind. So um, Jaden Jameson's on a delay of about six months. So what that means is Jameson blends in very normally with other kids. However, Jameson is just slightly behind developmentally than other kids. Jameson's been working with the speech teacher since he was one and a half or less than one and one and a half since he was one. And a teacher recommended at his first school, just recommended, hey, I think you should have him talk to a speech teacher. And it was the best thing that we could have ever done because Jameson has thrived um, under that speech teacher and that speech practice. So imagine me. uh, This is Monday. I am have had a day from hell at work. I am beat the fuck down and I walk in into the school to get Jameson. Jameson's in another classroom because it's later in the day and they consolidate classrooms as the day goes along. But I catch his teacher and his teacher is like, can I, can I speak with you for a moment? And of course I'm like, sure, you know, why not? So she pulls me to the side. This is her first mistake. She says, hey, parent-teacher conferences are coming up, but I know you're really busy, so I wasn't sure if you're going to make it. So I didn't want you to be blindsided by this information. Y'all know me. There has not been one play. Function, school party, Q 
kid's birthday, anything at that school that I have not shown up for. Um, I take my kid's education and socialization very seriously. And I'm going to always be there for him. And he's going to always know that I am a presence at his school, just like he's a presence at his school. So that was that was strike number one. So she goes, I notice that Jameson's writing is not on par um, with his other friends writing at his age. Now, sidebar, I already know this, y'all. I work with Jameson extensively at home. Jameson writes bubbles and, and circles instead of writing or attempting to trace regular letters. And I'm still on the fence of he knows how to do it, kind of, but he just don't fucking feel like it. Or he's having actual problems gripping the pencil and it's more occupational therapy thing or if it's a focus thing. But go back, going back to the story, I said, I, I understand that he has an issue uh, with writing and I'm, I'm, no, I didn't get to say that yet because she goes, well, if you were working with him at home, I don't think he would have this problem. Y'all. My face, the color drained out because I was so upset not even mad, just upset and hurt uh, that she would think that I wouldn't take the time out to, to take care of my own child and teach him things outside of what she's teaching him in his classroom. And then she goes, you know, Jameson talks about a video game, two video games all the time. They're both 2K. One is WWE 2K and one is NBA 2K. She goes to me, if you think, if you limit his screen time and take that time and instead work with him on his letters, I think that he'd be in a better place. Did I snap on her? No. Because a part of being aware that you're a black woman in very white spaces is knowing that you are going to be the angry black woman. You are going to be the scary bitch. You are going to have a reputation if you just follow your first mind and just say whatever's on your heart. Where I know Karen could come in in her damn workout clothes and cuss everybody out and people would just think she's passionate. So I open my mouth to her and I say, um, Jameson's screen time is very limited, number one. Jameson does have video games, but he's had those video games all of a month and a half, and he's only played them twice. He is obsessed with wrestling and basketball. Those are just the things that he's going to talk about. Those are the things that he brags to his friends about when he's at school. It doesn't mean that he's constantly playing video games. For fuck's sake, he is four years old. I don't know what four-year-old has the motor skills and the control to actually carry on and do well at video games at that age. I didn't cuss, but I told her there is nothing that I haven't showed up for for Jameson, um, but I will continue to work on his writing. So I gathered my child, I gathered myself, and I got in the car. When I got in the car, the first person I called was April, and I just cried to her like, how dare she think that I'm not doing shit with my child and like I am doing the very best that I can. And I literally had a whole breakdown about how could she not think that I'm working with my not working with my kid at home? How does she think that I'm too busy for my kid? I've never not showed up, but then I have to turn around and look at the demographics. Like, did she just make these assumptions about me because I'm a black woman? Does she make these assumptions about me because I'm a single mother? Why is she making these assumptions about me? And I let her make those assumptions. And I didn't say as much as I wanted to say first off, because I feel like there's this intersection and you have to check yourself. I have to check myself. I don't want to speak for anybody else. 
Brie, are you sensitive about being a single mom? Are you sensitive about, you know, Jameson's at this very prestigious pre uh, preschool and this preschool that he goes to y'all is top of the tops and it's very expensive and I bust my ass to afford it. Um, I know she don't know the demographics. Maybe she think I'm getting a break, you know, paying for the school. Maybe she thinks that I don't understand how important education is. Maybe she does. It's all these things, but I cannot help but to feel like I'm being prejudged. And I always have to, have to talk. Is, is this a racist thing or are you overreacting? Is this a class thing or are you overreacting? Are you overreacting in general? Do you need to calm down and count to 10 before you have a conversation with her? And I really thank God for April because I took, in talking to her and just spilling it out to her and her being a teacher and being able to call me and say, girl, it's okay that James is not writing perfectly eight months before he has to go to kindergarten. You have time to work on this. We have time to get this together. You are an amazing mom and you're doing everything that you need to do. And even I need to hear that because I'm going to tell you, that woman shook my spirit to the core because I think worse than me not taking care of my kid would be me thinking that someone thinks that I don't take care of my kid the way that I should be taking care of my kid. And I also had to admit to myself today, some of it's just my own insecurity of being this black woman in very white spaces and feeling prejudged and feeling like, you know, no matter what you do, no matter how much money you make, no matter who you are. People are always going to think like you don't deserve to be here. I don't know if there's a such thing as imposter syndrome for parenting or imposter syndrome for, you know, for schools. But I carefully picked my kids schools. I made sure I stayed in in an area that's zoned to certain school areas because or school zones because I want my kids to have the best. And I realized that in wanting my kids to have the best. One thing that I'm probably going to have to continue to deal with is people thinking I don't belong in that space. And that's fine. But it's more important that I'm okay with me. And it's more important that I feel like I belong and I know I belong than anything else. So if anybody out there is struggling with the same shit where you are in predominantly white spaces all the time, I, I'm, I face it at work. I face it with my kids' school. I face it in life. And sometimes it just feels suffocating. And we don't talk enough about just the the trauma and the the stuff that comes with continuously having to parent your children in white spaces, having to be in white spaces with your kids, having to have them follow a different set of rules that other people follow, having to have the talk. Um the twice as good talk, which I've tried very hard not to have with my kids because I don't want them to have that mentality because it, in all honestly, is honesty, if someone's going to be racist, it doesn't matter how hard you work. They're not going to see it for you. I would love to hear you guys feedback. If anybody's experiencing anything similar, I'm asking for your advice actually today on how you handle these things because y'all, I'll be struggling. And I know that I have a temper and I know that I have a tendency to think the worst of people, even when I feel like I'm unjustified, but I I just want some help on this. So when you hear this, uh, let me know. And I'm actually going to post this question on my Instagram story on Mama Meets World and also on my personal Instagram story. Please follow me over at Mama Meets World Instagram if you don't already follow me because um, I post delicious content there. Um, and I really just want to hear back from you. I want to hear about your experiences of being 
a black woman or a woman of color in these really white spaces and having your children there and how you cope. So I also wanted to take a moment and know, let you guys know that we're gearing up for the holiday season. I have launched a new t-shirt and I think this t-shirt is the bee's knees. I think it is super cute. And I, I posted it for Black Friday. The t-shirt is not expensive, y'all. A custom one is $27. Um, a regular one, I think, is $25 or, or along those price lines. They support Flawless Noises. As you know, we're having a live show. The, the proceeds from these t-shirts will go to making the live show as comfortable as possible for you guys and also getting you some better content, some premium content. This podcast network does not run itself. It takes money. You have to pay the bills. And I'm very fortunate that my the creators of this network uh, pay the cost to be the boss. But I'm asking you to support me by buying a t-shirt. I'm going to put the link. So the t-shirt is somebody's sexy ass mama. Now, you could be somebody's sexy ass mama, grandmama, auntie, uncle, daddy, whoever you want to. You could customize the shirt so that it says your children's names instead of just somebody's. Uh, you could customize colors. Anything that you want to do with this shirt that you can do with this shirt. And I can't wait to see y'all wearing a shirt. Like, I think it's a cute fucking idea. And I know a lot of my followers are somebody sexy ass mama. And I want to see you rep it loud and proud. And I want you to feel good about yourself when you wear the shirt because you are somebody sexy ass mama or daddy. If I got any daddies listening to the show. So I'm asking you if you would take a look at the t-shirt and think about buying it or actually buy it. Of course, Patreon is an option. Um, our Patreon content is top notch and you don't just get my show. You get um, all of Flawless Noises, wonderful premium content. Um, Patreon is live and ready. In the same breath, I'm going to say that I'm still looking for more moms to share their birth stories for Patreon. Um, visit www.patreon.com slash Flawless Noises to become a Patreon. As we get into this holiday season, I just want to remind you, and I'm going to remind you on the next episode too, do not work yourself up about Christmas. Do not work yourself up about buying shit that you can't afford. Your child would love you no matter what you buy for them. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to bust my ass to get Jaden all the things she wanted on her list instead of focusing on one or two things she wanted on her list because I thought my value as a mother was what I could provide to her for Christmas or what I could provide to her, you know, for whatever, when really all she wanted to do was be close to me. Make sure you take the time to take care of yourself during this holiday season. Uh, there are going to be demands, work, family, raggedy family, going to family gatherings or family you don't really fuck with like that. Make sure you take the time to take care of yourself and learn to say no. If you don't want to go to that function, honey, even if you got to fake the blue, it is fine. You sit back on your couch, you drink some wine, and you think about the emotional labor you're saving by not putting yourself through some shit that you don't want to put yourself through. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. I appreciate you. Again, you can find me, Mama Meets Pod, on Twitter. Instagram is Mama Meets World Pod. Um, please follow me on my Facebook page, Mama Meets World Podcast. And my email address is mamameetsworldpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show if you use iTunes or subscribe to the show wherever you get your delicious podcast content. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great couple weeks.